At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. No investigation necessary. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 betting podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. Oh, Checker is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Maybe this isn't right. But the championship can only be won by one. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst Mikhail Miranda and betting expert Ben Wilson. Hey everybody, welcome in to an episode and a show that has been a long time coming. It is the VSIN Formula One betting podcast. So excited for a brand new season, 23 races going through Thanksgiving, and it starts this week. We're already here, and we have the legendary Formula One handicapper, Mikhail Miranda. He is going to be joining me. I'm Ben Wilson. All season long, Mikhail, Drive to Survive Season 5 is out. It is already race week. Preseason testing is in the rearview mirror. Uh, over under nine and a half hours that it took you to inhale the new season of Drive to Survive. Over or under that mark? Oh, I'm going to be honest. I still haven't finished it. I'm still what? on episode three. Are you kidding I, me? Th- there's so much going on. There's so much. The preseason testing uh, for just one session is four hours long. I'm still trying to get through that. Like Drive to Survive, right, I've man. already I've already watched a lot of the season live at two o'clock in the morning. So I have to sort of I'm watching preseason testing is that's sort of a benchmark for formula one uh, as we move forward and a, a lot of the betters that, that's going to be uh, imperative the information that comes out from preseason testing even though we know that a lot of the teams aren't really focused on putting their best foot forward they're testing some stuff uh, again preseason testing is quite heavy for a lot of people especially if you're trying to bet formula one handicap who is going to win the championship and each race we need to see where teams are starting off what their baseline is 
and we just had that last week, preseason testing in Bahrain is in the rearview mirror. Now we move into race week. So how we'll handle this podcast, you'll have the, we will do the individual race breakdowns every single week. We'll likely do those on Tuesdays once the lines are all out, give you an opportunity as listeners and bettors to have plenty of time to digest all that, get your bets in before the betting markets close ahead of, uh, what is the timeline in general, Mikhail, just to refresh our memories when the odds open each week, when they actually close before the, the qualifying session start? Absolutely. So uh, we're going to be taking odds from the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, they normally typically put out the odds around uh, Tuesday morning, so we get our episodes recorded on t- around Tuesday afternoon, and we make sure it's out by Tuesday night, uh, early Wednesday morning. Uh, the odds do close by practice on Fridays, so if you guys are here on uh, well, we're Pacific Time in Las Vegas, for those on the Eastern Time, uh, be wary that they do close uh, on Friday right before free practice one, and the odds will re pop up after qualifying on Saturday and uh, depending gotcha. on the way certain races are we have the sprint races as well so it might actually pop up three times just after qualifying and then before the sprint race be taken down and after the sprint race pop up again for the race uh, on Sunday so just be wary which races have the sprint races which races don't uh, I believe again there are still six races that had the sprint races so please do go check the Formula 1 calendar make sure you're on top of that with the news because that's going to impact the way you bet any futures especially the race we will let you know of course when we get to those races that, that do have the sprints involved so that's just a general sense of the timeline how we'll approach uh, all of the races throughout the season we will have another episode in your feed coming up uh, tomorrow we're recording this on uh, monday our full bahrain grand prix race handicap for race number one of 23 this year this episode though mikhail this will be a little bit longer form this is our full season preview and i say longer form because there is a lot to digest first off this is a sport formula one that has grown partly by drive to survive but also through uh, other measures and the tv deal now in the states it has grown so rapidly over the last couple of seasons with popularity especially in the U.S., and there are new bettors entering this market each and every season. I would imagine a ton coming in this year. In addition to that, as the U.S. races continue to expand, have the Las Vegas Grand Prix coming up toward the end of the calendar year. So from a very general sense, and we I should say we apologize in advance if you're a seasoned, experienced Formula One better, and this is old news, but for the new bettors out there, Mikhail, what is the what are the most important things they need to understand when it comes to handicapping Formula One in an overall general future sense, and then as well from just a race-to-race standpoint? Uh, So from a future sense, uh, please understand how teams sort of navigate with their drivers, right? The major point of there that I'm trying to convey is team orders. This is basically when the team principal can tell one of the drivers, hey, back off and let this driver through so he can win the championship make more points and you will see that a lot of teams such as Red Bull favor their star driver in Max Verstappen who is the current reigning world champion that they will favor him a bit more so uh, when it comes to handicapping your futures if you're trying to bet who's going to win the world championship title this year in 2023 watch out for that that's going to be imperative to how you move forward how you handicap as well when it comes to uh, per race, you want to see how the cars sort of perform in certain tracks. Some tracks are high in altitude, such as Mexico, uh, which favors the Red Bulls over there because they have the Honda power unit in the back of the car, which has sort of been... Uh, 
if being made effective in uh, low areas where there's less air because they work with a lot of jet engines so they know how to be highly efficient with their low air whereas if you go down to uh, tracks such as Imola where it's really uh, there's low downforce the cars aren't working that hard we know that this track favors the Williams now the Williams aren't up there with the title contenders but they are quite quick quite pacey especially with low drag so you might see the Williams in the points where you don't usually see them they might finish high up maybe fifth or sixth right so that that's a lot of points for Williams so you just need to know what each track attributes are which team sort of uh, perseveres in those tracks which teams sort of don't and see how their drivers uh, sort of uh, conform themselves to their tracks because as Ben did mention there's a lot to catch up on we have drivers moving teams team principals mm-hmm. a lot of new signings coming on so uh, watch out for that it's going to be uh, very very noteworthy to see who does what where and how they are actually sort of um, trying to get used to this new sort of track and that and another thing to watch out for are mid-season technical directives uh, these are sort of uh, rulings that each team each driver has to follow from the FIA last season we had a technical directive of watch your vertical oscillations which is basically the porpoising effect and how much a car can bounce a lot of teams complained that it was aggressive on the drivers FIA stepped in hey here is the criteria if you bounce out of this if you go above this you're going to see you're going to be you're going to be penalized for this points might be taken off which could impact the way your futures markets then move forward so uh, there's a lot of things to work out to make sure you're staying on top of that of course ben and i will outline what are the major changes coming in each week anytime there's newsworthy stuff we will make sure we get that information out to you uh, but that's the way to move forward watch yep. what teams and drivers do that's why you sleep about an average of two and a half hours a night. Uh, you're up at <laughs> 3 a.m. every day. Mikhail, you are watching all the practices live as they happen. So no days off for Mikhail. You will be on top of all of that news. I am just your conciliary here, just uh, flying in the, the co-captain seat, more or less, <laughs> as we get into the season. So from the overall odds perspective, as we'll, we'll get in now to all the different changes, of which there are many, A, from the driving perspectives, from the, the team captain and uh, directive perspectives coming in, you have a look at the odds board where you have both the constructors' odds right now as well as the overdriver, overall driver's championship odds at the moment. My, my biggest pressing question to you, Mikhail, if we look at all the different changes, remembering that in 2022 was a significant change in just how overall construction of the cars were taking place. And, you know, the narrative, even for casual bettors, it was thrown out you know, from day one in the media that, all right, this is going to be the most wide open <laughs> sort of race we've ever seen because of the change of the cars. Yet it still ended up being the, the you know, the normal suspects right at the top of the list with Red Bull uh, snapping Mercedes eight year constructor championship run and Max Verstappen winning his second straight driver's championship uh, with Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton really falling off, str- struggling with the purposing since uh, basically day one of the season. My biggest burning question to you, Mikhail, is coming into this year, what do you expect out of a Mercedes team that were previously dominant and then completely fell off with Hamilton finishing sixth in the Drivers' Championship and Mercedes a distant third in the Constructors last year? Uh, so the major thing is uh, 
towards the end of last season, you would have actually seen, uh, if you were watching Mercedes uh, as carefully as I was, because I was really high on Mercedes because watching Lewis Hamilton be stifed from his world championship back in 2021 with the bad faith winning. Or I call it bad faith winning for the world championship with Max Verstappen and Michael Massey and all that controversy that was going on. And then we got into 2022. I was really watching what Mercedes was doing. They were really on the back foot. And the reason for this is they didn't have enough time running in the CFD tunnels with the FIA. So they didn't have a lot of time to prep their car for 2022. But towards the end, they sort of introduced upgrades. The major issue was porpoising, where, as I said, the FIA stepped in with directives to change that to make sure all teams were underneath a certain criteria. As we got forward with that, we did see Mercedes introduce upgrades that help with the porpoising issue. And towards the end of the season, the back half, uh, you did see Lewis Hamilton score a little bit more uh, consistently in the points, especially on the podiums. And we saw Mercedes sort of come up. And so going into the season, uh, I still see Mercedes on the back foot, especially being in third place behind Ferrari because Ferrari just have immense, immense pace in one lap for qualifying. When it comes down to the race, their cars are just so fast that Mercedes sort of seems to distance himself. I do see the Red Bull's reigning dominance take place again. As I was watching from the Bahrain pre-test, uh, Sergio Perez just topping the times. Uh, very little reliability issues with the Red Bull and the Honda power units. And I just see Red Bull dominating first, Ferrari a close second taking the fight to Red Bull, actually. Uh, we do know that they had a lot of engine reliabilities last year, but I, Frederick Vasseur, who is the new team principal after the departure of uh, Matteo Benotto, I do see that they have fixed and resolved their engine issues. Uh, so... I see them being second. Uh, Mercedes just need to work aerodynamically and get in their car well-balanced uh, all around. They just don't have the pace. I think their engine performance reliability is top of the charts. However, they just lack pace. Uh, I think they need some sort of uh, aerodynamicist who could just walk in like what Adrian Newey did for Red Bull. They need someone like that at Mercedes because... Uh, they just can't seem to get ahead of how to make this car fast or rounded. Where Red Bull have absolutely checked off every box. And we are now seeing Ferrari with their least consecutive wins and their new uh, young driver pairing with the, uh, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. We're going to see them take the fight a bit more to Max and Sergio in the Red Bulls. Where George and Lewis are sort of still behind the mark. So uh, we've got to watch out for Mercedes, how they plan to sort of work with the upgrades. Again, uh, teams have now a better understanding. The cost cap is a lot less. You're going to see a lot of teams introduce more upgrades to get those cars. And I do see, again, towards the back half of the season, Mercedes sort of bringing in some upgrades that take the fight to finally make it a three-way fight instead of a one-team dominance in the season. So your power rating setting in, Red Bull won. Ferrari to Mercedes three. If we're talking team perspective, Red Bull. If I pull up the DraftKings odds right now, minus one fifty constructors championship favorites. Mercedes is second on the odds board, plus two fifty. 
Ferrari plus 330, and our, our general consensus, correct me if I'm wrong, Ain't nobody outside those top three winning. I mean, there's just no, there's just no realistic chance. Even though there's been, we'll talk about some of the buzz, some of the driver movement, which teams might outperform expectations. But Mikhail, it's going to be Red Bull, Mercedes, or Ferrari. Am I correct on that? You are correct. It's just that the fact that they have so much funding, so a lot of resource allocations with those three teams, that as of right now it makes it near impossible for any other team to come into the window but a team as you mentioned that we're going to outline um outpacing our expectations that's coming up is going to be the team of aston martin uh we know that lauren stroll once he bought out uh, racing point after the whole debacle with vite malia with the force india and rebranding it from Force India to Racing Point to now Aston Martin uh, and with the driver pairing of Fernando Alonso after the retirement of Sebastian Vettel last season and uh, Lance Stroll that uh, they have moved on paper and now in pre-season testing in the right direction are they winners championship winners as of yet no but do we see them winning a lot of points do be worried for that because they might actually supersede Mercedes in this fight given the way they've advanced with their technical analysis of their cars and the way they've designed their cars. We might just see them finish third in the constructors which might inch them closer and closer with more funding to being champions. Now, how far away are they from being champions? That's going to depend on their driver pairing. Uh, when it comes to my analysis of the driver pairing, Fernando Alonso, after his retirement and coming back into Formula 1, is on point. I see him being his younger 17, 20-year-old self when he was racing for Renault and won the championship. As a 41-year-old, he is that Spaniard is in a very, very dangerous fight right now because he is absolutely taking the fight to the likes of Lewis Hamilton, to Max Verstappen. I see him actually taking Aston Martin to a whole nother level, uh, but Lance Stroll just isn't as strong and as receptive as Fernando Alonso is. I don't think he can give the proper analysis to help the team move forward. However, they might become championship contenders in the next coming years, so watch out for Aston Martin. They might be a dark horse in the making. For this year, at least, 65-1 to 1 to win, but at least projected based on odds and with the, po- the very positive buzz coming out of preseason testing to be the best of the, best of the rest, so to speak, best of the midfield where you have a McLaren, Alpine, each 150-1, to 1, Alfa Romeo, 300-1, to 1, Haas, Alpha Tauri, 500 to 1. These teams might, always, might as well be a billion to 1 if we're really talking about the, the <laughs> legitimate true odds. And then Williams rounds out the list at, at 1,000 to 1. So that leads us into these driver pairings for this year. We'll get to the, uh, the overall driver's championship odds here in just a second, Mikhail. Of all the different driver changes, which view to you at least, and we talk Fernando for, Fernando Alonso now going to Aston Martin, which are the most impactful to you out if we uh, take Alonso off the list there? The impactful one is going to be Haas. And I am sad to see that Haas let Mick Schumacher go. But Mick Schumacher cost Haas quite a bit last season. Uh, I think that the car was really good when he was there, uh, when he first started back in 2021 with them. But I don't think that car really suited him. He needed another year in that car. He might have been able to uh, navigate the way the car is meant to be driven. But he cost Haas a lot of money last year with the accidents 
And so uh, it's sad to see them. But bringing back Nico Hockenberg and Kevin Magnussen, two very strong races. And I do think if you place them in the right team with the right car, they can be world champions. Uh, so that driver pairing, to me on paper at least, is very strong. We saw the amazing results that Kevin Magnussen got out of that Haas last season with the opening race in Bahrain last year, this time last year, where he qualified seventh and finished fifth. We're going to see those results come up. And we, with uh, Nico Hockenberg, I do see them scoring a bit more consistently in the middle of the midfield or top of the midfield because Mick Schumacher wasn't able to really get into points much last season. But Nico Hockenberg, given his experience in driving the car, I do think that they could really push themselves up. However, Nico Hockenberg has been out of Formula 1 for a couple of seasons now. And this being a new, well for him, a completely redesigned aerodynamic of a car, he's going to take some time to get used to it. But I do still see him finishing very strong up there in the points. So Haas are the ones that I'm going to be looking out for to score more consistently in the points. And just a couple years removed from the disastrous season where they scored zero points. Things at least are trending upwards, but still a long way to go. The other driver changes, there are three rookies this year. McLaren, Oscar Piastri, you have... Williams, Logan Sargent, first American, by the way, in what, eight years now coming in to the Formula One fold and then Nick DeVries at Alpha Tauri. How do you expect those three rookies, Michaela? Anything to suggest that it's going to be anything different than previous rookies who have come in and had those early growing pains? Uh, Unfortunately, uh, I see growing pains for two of those drivers. Uh, Oscar Piastri and Nick DeVries uh, giving the way if preseason testing is any indication of what's yet to come for AlphaTauri and McLaren I see them being extremely frustrated with the car they're in. Uh, AlphaTauri just don't have pace. McLaren are just struggling with the car. They just haven't been able to find the right balance for the car uh, and given how strong Landon Norris was able to get that car I think Oscar Piastri is going to be disappointed he seems to be very chirpy with the post qualifying well race pace stuff in preseason testing he seems to be very chirpy about that very positive on that but i think there is a lot of hidden pains uh with mclaren alpha tory uh, same thing I don't know what's going on in that garage. There's something fundamentally wrong with their car that they haven't been able to match the pace of everyone else in the midfield. They use, they're the sister team of Red Bull. So what seems to be the issue here, I can't pinpoint that. And I'm trying very hard to look. It's just something in their design team or just they haven't been able to pull the full potential of that car out. We saw when Pierre Gasly was there back in 2021 with the old technical regulations, they were able to prosper so much with Pierre Gasly. He managed to even win one time with that car. And so this new regulation sort of sent them on the back foot. Now, the the last rookie, which is the American driver of Logan Sargent, I see him being very very satisfied with the car. Uh, ever since Doralton Capital bought out uh, the stake uh, with uh, the Williams 
they've sort of been able to have a bit more funding and design that car the way it's meant to be driven to sort of bring back some of the racing history, the heritage that's within that team. They've won multiple championships. Uh, Nigel Mansell, Edson Senna, Alan Prost. Williams is an excellent team to drive for. It's just that they have lacked funding and have been unable to design a car that is able to be a title contender again. Uh, so if you keep that mindset and don't have Williams being a title contender and just seeing them being at the top of the midfield, I think Logan Sargent and Alex Albon are going to be very, very happy with Williams. It seems to be on form. It, it's not coming right out the box really good, but I do see them being quite prepared to move forward. And with their new team principal of uh, James Wells, who used to be at uh, Mercedes, I think we're going to see a direction now from a very experienced team principal to bring to Williams. And Williams has the Mercedes engine in the back. They are uh, they are an engine uh, engine partnership with Mercedes. They even have their Mercedes Drivers Academy with them. So there's a lot of Mercedes blood in that Williams car. So you, we might just see Williams being propelled in the right direction moving forward. Title contender, maybe not. But top of the midfield, definitely coming in the next couple of seasons. Uh, maybe even this season with the experience of Alex Albon, who has done very, very well. So I just see them really prospering in, in that sort of yeah. situation. Well, that's where a lot of general fans will probably be surprised and say, really, like Haas, Williams, trending in the right direction? But that, that's why things so, change so much from season to season. And that's our, our takeaway, at least coming out of this offseason into preseason testing. Aston Martin, Haas, Williams, three teams seemingly on the rise. Alpha Tauri, McLaren having issues in preseason. Uh, where do you stand on Alpine and Alfa Romeo? Quick, uh, Mikhail, the two teams we haven't mentioned with uh, Pierre Gasly now going to Alpine, two Frenchmen driving for the same outfit, and Alfa Romeo back with the same grouping of uh, Valtteri Bottas and Guan Yuzhu for another season here. So uh, when it comes down to Alpine, everyone has come to this consensus that Alpine are hiding something. The, the pace in preseason testing of Alpine, the all-French team, of being at the back of the field, given where they finished last season in fourth, taking the fight to McLaren, uh, it's very, very concerning to the point where we're like, okay, Alpine are hiding something here. Uh, they they have performance coming out for sure because that's that car has done really well last year and had to be at the back of the field in tenth uh, with preseason testing. There's something fishy going on. They're hiding something. So I, I just. I have no take with Espan Arcon and Pierre Gasly. Can we, get, can we get Cyril back at, uh, at Alpine? I miss that guy. <laughs> uh, do we really, though? Do we really? I, what, I think just I'll, for entertainment purposes, he was, he was a great Frenchman, Mikhail. Come on. I, I, love, I, I love what Otmar Zafna has done for the team. Look at where he took Racing Point. Look at where he's taking Alpine. He's moving them in the, in the right direction. I still don't see what Cyril bought to Renault back then. It's, it's I just very say this is somebody who doesn't know anything. I just, I just like the person. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, moving to Alfa Romeo. Um, um, they sort of have been on a little bit on an iffy note, given that both cars and testing had stopped on the track due to power unit issues. Uh, 
we I noted this in our rundown. They have Ferrari power unit as their customers of Ferrari. Because again, and in the world of Formula One, there are three engine suppliers: Mercedes, Honda, Red Bull, sort of power unit, whatever Red Bull are doing, and then there is Renault. Uh, Unfortunately, the only team that uses the Renault engine is Alpine, uh, whereas in the rest of the teams on the grid are either using a Ferrari engine or a Honda-powered engine. So, seeing that both cars of Alfa Romeo, driven either by Valtteri Bottas or Zhou Guanyu, uh, that they've both stopped on track due to power unit-related issues, uh, is a very concerning matter to me especially after Ferrari has said they have combated all the issues regarding reliability and a lot of teams had mileage on those engines for this pre-season testing. Mm. So when I look at that, it's like, okay, so Ferrari have not broken down, but one of their customer teams have. Now, are Ferrari being given a detailed report of what happened there? Was it something that Alfa Romeo did? That has still yet to be determined, but it was a power unit related issue that both cars stopped on track during pre-season testing. So it's going to be interesting to see where they finish. Now, Zhou Guan Yu is in his second year in Formula One. And uh, last season, he did perform really well for a rookie. We just have to see where they're going. Uh, when Frederick Vassour, who was a team principal of Alfa Romeo, now promoted to being the team principal of Ferrari, he did say that Alfa Romeo were moving in the right direction on paper. When we saw that, they did move the right direction in the race, on race space and in qualifying pace. Uh, they sort of weren't able to be at the top of the midfield, but they were right there in the middle. So... I'm hoping to see Alfa Romeo keep where they are and move forward. Uh, so there's there's nothing bad about them to say just yet. Just be very concerned that we saw both their cars with Ferrari-related power unit issues. And so we got to be very, very wary of what comes next. It, it just feels like a team that is not really moving the needle in many senses to the good or to the bad. Kind of stuck in that in that purgatory, right? In the middle of yep. the midfield right now. So that's our comprehensive rundown. All the teams so far. We're going to take a quick break. Also a reminder to give us uh, f- give us a subscribe. Give us a review as well. Let us know what you want to see in the podcast this year. We kind of laid it out uh, how we are going to go into every single uh, race, breaking down the races, the odds, everything you would want to make your bets. Uh, but let us know. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe whatever on however uh, format you're listening to our podcast. Quick break for us. When we return, we'll run down all the Drivers' Championship odds. Mikhail gives out his best bets as we get ready for the 2023 <laughs> Formula One season uh, here on the Visa F1 podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. 
I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. No investigation necessary. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 betting podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. Oh, Checker is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Mikey, is right. And the championship can only be won by one. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst Mikhail Miranda and betting expert Ben Wilson. All right, so let's get into the Drivers' Championship odds, Mikhail. We've run through all the teams so far. How will this now manifest from the driver's perspective? I mentioned Red Bull is the favorite from the Constructors' Championship, minus 150, and Max Verstappen, the lead driver, minus 165 to win a third straight driver's championship with Charles Leclerc, Ferrari, plus 450, Lewis Hamilton of Mercedes after the disappointing sixth-place finish a season ago. Now 5-1 to one with his Mercedes teammate, George Russell, at 16-1. to one. You then have the second Ferrari driver, Carlos Sainz, at 18-1, to one, and Sergio Perez of Red Bull at 20-1. to one. Fernando Alonso, the only other driver on the entire list, sub 150-1. to one. The Aston Martin number one is 28-1. to one. What stands out to you, sir, on that Drivers' Championship odds board? To me, what stands out is that Charles Leclerc is... An underdog by this margin. Uh, he is at plus 450. Given where Ferrari and Charles Leclerc were last year, I would expect to see that at plus 250, especially going into this season. So looking at that, I'm seeing a little bit of value over there. Uh, and then Lewis Hamilton, uh, in our talks outside of the podcast, but you know that I would say Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, Lewis uh-huh. Hamilton. <laughs> uh, so I- I've been nonstop talking now. I am not biased towards Lewis Hamilton. I was going with that, seeing what they achieved last year. But when I was watching preseason testing, 
I am still keeping Lewis Hamilton in mind because if Mercedes are able to find pace in that car, we're going to see Lewis take the fight. He's going to bring back themselves, bring back the team. George Russell has already taken the fight, but I don't see George yet winning the championship. He's got that mentality for sure. He is ready to be on that podium, lift the World Drivers Championship. He's like, yes, I have done it. Uh, but Lewis, who has done it seven times before, is in the back of my mind and I am watching him very closely but I don't see Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton being up there just yet given that they were sort of making ways last season watching preseason testing I'm not seeing that yet Ferrari Charles Leclerc uh, very very interesting to me uh, however again I've got to say however I see Red Bull winning yeah. the Constructors Championship Right, and Red Bull are at minus 150. Just wait, take this one in season, right? Wait a couple of races because there will be a time when Ferrari sort of dominate and Red Bull's odds actually become plus money. Jump on that then because Red Bull will be bringing upgrades that makes that car faster. Ferrari just do not have the ability to compete with that Red Bull as of right now. But when it comes to the Drivers' Championship, I do see Charles Leclerc winning this. Yes, Red Bull maxes up in really, really quickly. But we know something that Red Bull does that Ferrari does not do. Red Bull favors Max Verstappen. If they have to sacrifice Sergio Perez, make him the sacrificial lamb, they will do that, absolutely. But Ferrari will bring Carlos and Charles up there, say, hey, Fight for it, take it. We saw that last year when they said, go ahead, fight for it, right? That uh, silver That fight yeah. is there. Yes, absolutely. So with that in mind, we will absolutely see uh, Charles Carlos fighting a bit more with Max. And it's going to come down to what do Red Bull want to do? Do they want to go and favor Max again and put Sergio on the back burner or are they actually going to give Sergio Perez the chance to fight up there with them. But Charles Leclerc at plus 450 to be the world champion, I see I see some value okay, there. Here, here's the thing see some value. I wonder about. Because Ferrari had the pace from day one last year. Remember Red Bull got off to a horrible start, had engine issues in the first race. Ferrari go 1-2. They, they looked like they were well on their way. They were in the, in the driver's seat, literally and figuratively, to take home the championship. And then under Mattia Binotto, they had all these issues just with uh, just screwing the pooch in race. I mean, Monaco, they both pit at the same time and just all these self-inflicted issues. Do you see now that Binotto is out? It's Frederick Vasseur who is in, who was previously at Alfa Romeo uh, as the, the team principal. Do you see those in-race issues being, being solved now that it's a new guy and in, uh, in leading the charge there? Yes. Absolutely. I, I've watched Frederick Vassour be team principal in Formula One with Alfa Romeo for a while, and I've seen the way he operates his team. He is a very, here is what's going to happen. We're going to do this, right? Uh, he is very in the moment, but looking forward for the season. And I do see him mitigating all of those issues that happened last year, because uh, I'm not going to lie, Ferrari lost their championship due to strategical errors. If only they could get the perfect strategy in place 
and know exactly who to favor in each race, have a conversation, have a game plan before and not make the decisions on the fly, I think that will have been very helpful. Another thing last year that happened is when this when the strategies were being presented, it was not like, all right, Charles, come in for this. It was, Charles, do you think this is good while he is driving? Driver input is imperative. Yes, we have seen that with uh, Max Verstappen. He's like, no, I'm going to stay out for another lap and then come switch into the intermediate tires and where he wins the race. We've seen that happen last year. But with Charles Leclerc, they're asking, what do you think about this strategy while he is driving? in the race in the middle of the race hey Charles what do you think about softs he's not your strategist come on Ferrari you need to get your stuff in order get a plan talk with your drivers go through a lot of your running in free practice that's going to be where you get your stuff moving forward you cannot be asking your driver what do you think about the strategy you're going to be if you're going to do that, you're going to ask him, do you think to have the tires now or later? How are you feeling in the car? Not what do you that think about That seems like such strategy. an obvious thing, Mikhail, but you know, maybe that's why you need to be, and you might maybe will be in a future life, a Formula One uh, technical director. I, I don't know. Just just a hunch. That, that's the only <laughs> thing holding me back, though, on, on Ferrari, because we have seen the pace of the car since opening day 2022. It has been fast, and by all accounts, as we talked about earlier, the pace is there heading into 2023. So essentially the takeaway here is from the constructor's perspective, wait on Red Bull. They're minus 150 right now. Yep. As soon as that crosses, what? If you get them in even money or better, that's when you're firing on, on them to win the constructors? Absolutely. Uh, not even even money. If I see them drop to minus 110, I'm jumping on okay. that. Right, because that's when you know that something in the market is shifting. And if there are smart betters out there, they're going to be looking. Okay, so we're seeing them drop down. And if there are people who are smart, smart betters, and who know the sports of Formula One very well, and who see the trends of Ferrari, they will jump on a number that sort of suits them. And if Ferrari is doing well. There's been a trend that as Ferrari do well, something sort of shifts and sort of bad luck starts to dripple down as we saw with Ferrari. They started off really strong in 2022 and they dripped down. So if you can watch out for that, know exactly when getting the right moment, you will see Red Bull dip down in the price range and then back up. Uh, so pay very, very close attention to that. Also, another thing to note is in the off-season, Ferrari have come out saying that they solved their reliability issues because last season, sort of in the beginning to midway, they had to tune their engines down. So they lost a lot of speed when it came to that uh, to keep the engines hot and to keep them running really well but long-term. But now as we move into the season, they said they solved that that issue and that they're able to tune the engine back up and run at the potential it needs Something to be Something to keep in at. mind. So Ferrari with Charles Leclerc, plus 450. That's your play for the the Drivers' Championship. Is in at DraftKings, every so every sports book, every jurisdiction is going to be different. Like in, in Vegas, we have, we won't mention it on the podcast, but since you know we have listeners from all over, but you you can bet on some markets. You can bet on number of race wins for certain drivers. You know over under, which is a really interesting market. DraftKings has all these matchups, which are basically you know, pitting the season long points for for drivers of the same team together. Like, is it worth laying a price of two eighty on Leclerc to outscore Signs for this season? 
Uh, what he see? I do see Charles outscoring Leclerc. I I'm performing. That's a sorry, heavy price. See, I see, see, yeah, I see Charles. Sorry, outscoring, outperforming Carlos. Right, I do see that. Minus two eighty. Is it valued right? Absolutely. But is it too heavy a price? Even more. Like I'm not going to lay that. But right now, I'm looking at DraftKings. I'm looking at if you go to the winner and you see parlays, Max Verstappen and Red Bull Racing for twenty for twenty twenty three drivers and constructor parlays. Is that even money? Jump on that right there. Or if you if you want to see something different, if you want to see Charles to win and Red Bull Racing to win, right? Plus eight hundred. That's eight to one right there. That's a good. That's a good bet right there. Right. So if you if you think if either way, whichever way you place money, you're profiting because it's even money, and it's eight to one. So. I said that it's either going to be Max and Red Bull to win, or it's going to be Charles and Red Bull to win. One there the is value. Yeah, one of you, one of the two options, right? And that that's not bad. Eight, eight to one. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, eight to one is really right really now. good. That yeah. is there so, any other any other plays you would look at besides Leclerc plus four fifty to win the drivers' championship, and then that's just the the preseason suggestion of Red Bull to win the constructors, but wait, get a minus one ten or better price. Anything else you would do with the preseason odds here? So I'm looking at the matchups for the driver props, and I'm seeing George Russell versus Lewis Hamilton for the season, where Lewis Hamilton is favored at minus 175. Mm. If you look at last season, George outscored Lewis by quite a margin. And George is at plus 135. Uh, That is very, very interesting to me. I am liking George right there, plus 135. But as I said, I still have to go through day two and three of preseason testing to see how Mercedes are doing and where George Russell has finished in the standings with those times. That's going to be very, very close to see what we're looking at. So a plus one thirty five for George Russell in the matchups for the season. Yeah, and we'll again, if you I add like anything, that. we will do another podcast. We're actually going to record it in about twenty four hours. We'll do the full uh, Bahrain Grand Prix breakdown. So if, if there's anything you've added, Mikhail, we, we will uh, we will tee you up for that on the next episode. I, some of the matchups are interesting, where you have like Yuki Sonoda plus one twenty to Nick DeVries. So you said Mikhail, you believe is going to have some issues starting out as a rookie for Alpha Tauri. DeVries minus one sixty five. Versus Sonoda at plus 120. That's uh, a little interesting to me. I don't know. So it, it's, it's, not, it's not really interesting. Let's break this down, right? Uh, Yuki has not been able to perform where everyone expected him to perform coming into Formula 1 uh, a year or so ago. Uh, he just hasn't been able to bring the performance out of the car. Uh, and when he was there, he was very, very emotional in the car. He he was just lashing out when things didn't go his way. If you look at Nick DeVries, why he's minus 165 was he was a last-minute call to Alex Albon last year when Alex Albon had to go to the hospital for appendicitis. He came in, was not familiar with the way the Williams car works, and he finished in the points. He, he just took that car, and it was not just like, in the points, it was like he finished ninth, so he had to beat some experienced drivers in Formula One who's been there all season, 
right? So he had to overtake, and that uh, and that Williams is not a not really a good car to be there. But he managed to finish that in the points above a lot of a lot of the drivers in there. So yes, it's a lot of people's like, but Yuki is a bit more experienced in the AlphaTauri. He knows the way the car is working. But you got to look at the way these drivers drive. Nick DeVries is a former Formula E champion. You, you have to take that into account as well. He has not just been out of F1 and been driving in F2 where the cars are all the same. Everything is the same. No, he has been in Formula E driving for Mercedes in there. you, you got to look at his resume. He is a former world champion in Formula E. He has got the knowledge. Maybe the cars aren't the same. Actually, they're definitely not the same because one's electric, one's a uh, hybrid. Yeah. Uh, one's a lot faster with the Formula 1 car being a lot faster, a little bit more physically demanding. But he has the knowledge and the capability of being there. He has been with Toto multiple races in the garage, in the paddocks sort of analyzing what Lewis and George are doing. So he has got that he's got that information, that toolkit. Whereas in Yuki Stanar it's just emotional and we're we're banking on what he did in Formula Two and hopefully that we're watching at least a team principal there at Alpha Torre, who is Franz Tors, coach Yuki into being a driver that they want in Formula One and in an Alpha Torre. So there's a lot to look at and if people are like, you know what, I'm going to jump on Yuki Sonoda. I'm going to tell you, don't. <laughs> don't do not, it. Not yet, at worry. least. Uh, it's it's, right. it's, it's a, a huge season for Sonoda, regardless, with, with all the issues that has happened in his first. This uh, is going to be a very, very tight season for Sonoda. Because if Nick DeVries comes into Avatori, not only outperforms Yuki Sonoda, but absolutely finishes much higher than Sonata, it's going to be questioning in the minds of Alvatore is why are we keeping him here? Do no we doubt. see another driver come in? Could they go and say, hey, because Mick Schumacher is a reserve driver uh, with Mercedes. He does not have a drive for this season. Could Alvatore go and convince Mick Schumacher to drive for them? Could we see that happening if Yuki, Yuki does not perform the way his teammate performs, this is going to be, it's, I look at this as a lose-lose situation for Yuki, unfortunately, because if he outperforms his, his teammate, it's going to be a rookie who he outperformed. doesn't really count. Yeah, right. If Yuki gets outperformed, he's going to be outperformed by a rookie. It, it does not look good for Yuki. So we have to be very, very wary about that and be very cautious about that. How are we going to be looking at Yuki Sonoda with AlphaTauri? And we've got to look at their intentions. What are AlphaTauri looking to get out of Yuki Sonoda? Okay, I'll slamming the door on, on just my brief thought of Sonoda. <laughs> but now that's a good breakdown. I, I completely understand. And there are a bunch of matchups you can look at right now. Uh, DraftKings, and there's more across some of the other sports books and jurisdictions that are available. Some of the close ones, uh, Kevin Magnuson minus 150 over Nico Hulkenberg plus 110 for the Haas teammates, and then Esteban Ocon minus 150 over Pierre Gasly, who's plus 110 for the Alpine. Our, again, the recommendation, and Mikhail, you're going to look into this more before we record tomorrow, but thinking George Russell plus 135 over Lewis Hamilton could be a potential, that's not an official play yet, a potential season-long matchup there for the two uh, Mercedes drivers. But as we wrap up, 
Again, the, the play we'll give out today, the main one for you, Mikhail, Charles Leclerc, plus 450 to win the Drivers' Championship. Going to wait, look for better value, minus 110 or better on Red Bull to win the Constructors. Uh, if there was one yeah, of those another, parlays, another... Yeah, Another play, if, if, if I can find that out here, was the party that I gave of Charles and Red Bull. That's 8-1. Yes. to one. That is 8-1. to one. If, if I find that out here in Vegas, because this is DraftKings, unfortunately, being DraftKings employees, we're not allowed to bet yeah, we, this. We, yeah, but different avenues. Yeah, but if I find that out here, definitely jump on that. So if, if anyone's out there looking for a value play for the start of the season, 8-1 to one for Charles to win the drivers and for... Red Bull to win the Constructors, that's a very good play. If you don't think that Charles is going to win, you think that Max is going to win, don't bet Max and Red Bull individually. They're at even money as of right now to win. That's, again, it's plus money right there, plus 100. So you are still yeah, making those are money the, the whichever way you go. Drivers' Championship plus Constructors. So if you go Max and Red Bull, even money. Leclerc to win the Drivers' Championship, but Red Bull to still win the Constructors. Eight to one. That's not a bad little uh, value play from you, Mikhail. So we're off and rolling. I'm, I'm pumped to be with you, Mikhail, for the rest of the season. Uh, not all of our episodes will be this long, but we wanted to make, make sure we did a comprehensive breakdown of all the main talking points heading into this upcoming season. We'll have the, the, the race breakdowns each and every week. So we'll be back actually tomorrow in your feed uh, with a, another episode that's going to drop late on Tuesday. So we, we won't go uh, 45 minutes. I know, Mikhail, you could talk for, uh, for hours. <laughs> but uh, we, we will do a, a little more shorter breakdown and get into our early bets. I'm also going to uh, pr- do some price shopping here in, uh, in the Las Vegas jurisdiction, see what I can find on old, uh, old Charles Leclerc, Mikhail, and, and get back to you uh, for what, what best number I can at least find here. Uh, so, Mikhail, this is, this is going to be a blast, though. I'm excited to uh, kickstart this thing, and, and here we go. We're, race week is upon us, week number one. Again, like, rate, review, subscribe to us wherever you're listening to podcasts, but this is our first, uh, our first foray here, VEASAN Formula One betting podcast. We're back with the full Bahrain Grand Prix breakdown a little bit later this week, so check out that. And in the meantime, for Mikhail, I'm Ben. We'll catch you next time here on The Feed. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.